Hi, I'm Blake Gilman, the Vice President, Director of Post-Acute Care Services at LCS. You're listening to the Healthcare Highwire, the LCS Health Services Division premier podcast that inspires to provide meaningful and pertinent content that gives you an edge in balancing business and healthcare. Thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoy it. Welcome to our series of Spotlight on Nurses, hosted by the Health Services Division. This is Sandy Toole, and I'm the Director of Clinical Services for the Life Plan Communities. Welcome to Healthcare Highwire. With me today is Maureen Jenkins, the Director of Nursing from Greenwood Village South in Indianapolis, Indiana. Welcome, Maureen. Thanks, Sandy. How long have you been the Director of Nursing at Greenwood Village now? I can't remember. I know it's been a little while, but how long have you been there? It has. It has. I I think that, you know, for most directors of nursing, it's kind of a record when you make it past a couple of years. So I have been here for four and a half years at, at GDS, yes. That's great. That's great. I know you've been, uh, I know a little bit about you, so I know you've been a nurse for quite a while, and I know you've been, a, uh, have many, many years as a, a director of nursing, but why don't you give us a little bit of history about how long and why uh, did you even decide to get into long-term care? That's kind of an unusual field for a nurse who's in nursing school. So kind of what led you down that path to the direction of long-term care? That's a good question. I've been asked that most of my career because, you know, as long-term care, we are very highly regulated and have such hurdles to overcome. So I grew up in a nursing home. My mom was a nurse in an extended care facility. I used to pass trays before she would take me to elementary school. And I started at my first long-term care facility when I was 14, got my CNA, got my licensed practical nurse at 19 and then got my RN a few years later. So all in all, I think a total of 22 years in long-term care, and I just feel like this is where I belong. So being able to serve seniors and being able to enrich their lives, I just always say, I hope there's someone like me who's in it for the right reasons when I get old, so... Exactly. Well, when you say you grew up in the nursing home, you are so right. If you started when you were 14, my goodness, that's definitely growing up in the nursing home. And uh, in 22 years of uh, post-acute care services like that, I'm sure you've seen so many changes. You know, what's been the biggest change aside from what we're going through right now? What would you say is one of the biggest changes you've seen in the post-acute care climate in the past 22 years? You know, I would say a couple things, but they kind of go hand in hand, is that when I first became a nurse, you sent everybody to the hospital. Didn't matter what was going on. You know, they had a UTI, they fell, something was askew, you sent them to the hospital. And so, you know, it, it wasn't that many years ago, I guess it doesn't feel like that many years to me, that we stopped that. And hospital says, whoa, 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 you need to treat these people in-house. Uh, you know, and I still think that we are constantly reminding families and residents what we can do here, which I think is huge. You know, we can do the x-ray here. We can set the pick line here. We can do a lot of things here where you don't have to leave your home. And how wonderful is that, that you don't have to leave your home and you can receive those services. And I think what goes hand in hand with that is the more acute clientele that we are getting. So it's not the 80 and 90 year old walkie talkies, the the cute little grandmas that do most of the things for themselves anymore. It it is 
those complex residents and, and clinically complex at that with wound vacs and trachs and you know some extended care facilities have ventilator units so we are we are transitioning to more of an LTAC scenario and you know kind of skipping that step in the hospital where people might step down to a PACU and, and we are the PACU so mm-hmm. yep I couldn't agree more many many changes have happened over the past 20 years 40 years it's it's just a whole different environment let me go back to the COVID-19 for a second here. Did you ever in a million years think that you would be facing or that we would be facing such a crisis as this? It is unlike anything that I think any of us have ever seen. I was a nurse in post-acute services during the H1N1, during Ebola, all of those things that you know you kind of thought were going to manifest similarly, but they didn't. So just in the current situation that our country is in, it is just unlike anything that any of us, I think, have ever seen. And, and I don't think that in our wildest dreams that we thought that we would be here today. It has definitely posed some challenges. Exactly. What for you has been the most frustrating part of this whole situation? Wow. Just choose one then. <laughs> so, um, Good point. I would say a couple things. Personally, I think the media does feed into what is going on, and that's very frustrating. And I think that is frustrating on a couple different levels. Either people take it too far or people don't think it's real. So I think that you really have to put things in perspective, make sure that you make an educated decision about what you're doing and about how you go about out in the community. But then as far as a director of nursing, well, of course, one of the most frustrating things is depending on what initials and, and what agency decides to tell you different regulations to follow. So that's that's been really difficult to keep up with. And everybody is saying, you know, it's a fluid situation. We have to make sure we just roll with the punches and, you know, between CMS, CDC, IS, SDH, you know, you have all these all these different agencies with different initials kind of leading you in different directions. So that's that's been hard to keep up with. Um, and it's been frustrating because it's kind of like we all need to come together on the same page. That's a very, very good point. You bring up something there that I think is so important, which is communication with your team. And has anything had to change with how you communicate with your team or how you keep everyone informed with the changes and keep everyone engaged? Have you had to change anything in that process? Yeah, I think that there are many things that we've had to alter. You know, we're used to having a morning meeting, all getting together and being in the same room, discussing clinical issues or any kind of issues that may come up and then meeting in the afternoon to be able to discuss those resolutions to that. So I think that that's different. You know, now we're, we're all meeting on Zoom calls, whether we're at work or we're at home because we're not all able to be in that little space together. And, you know, additionally, I, I think that on most of my morning meeting Zoom calls, I give the team that we have here, um, because we have a big campus, so we, we don't just have skilled nursing, we also have assisted living, independent living cottages. So the skilled nursing team specifically, because that's who you know CMS regulates in our community, um, an update on what the testing is, what it looks like, even if it's, yeah, I don't really know yet. I don't really know yet. But I kind of think that this is the way we're going, just just keeping them informed, because I think so much of what we do is about communicating with people. It's about being honest and, and being OK to say, I don't really know. I don't really know. 
but we're going to figure this out together and we're going to dig in. So yeah, I think it's it's been huge and, and there's been so much extra communication surrounding the testing, especially recently and the routine testing versus outbreak testing. So just kind of keeping those wheels greased and, and keep going. Well, one thing I know about you, Maureen, is that you're a very strong leader and you're highly respected by your colleagues and the people who work with you and for you. So I'm sure that communication has been a top priority for you. So let me just ask you this. What does uh, Maureen Jenkins like to do in her free time? If you ever have any, what do you do in your spare time? Just kick back and have fun and relax. I think, you know, I, I've been very blessed and very fortunate in my life and I have a great family and, and love to be at home. Um, we're very fortunate to have have a pool at our house. So we like to hang out by the pool. I have a little garden that I love to do, I like to play softball. We actually have our own uh, softball team here at Greenville Village South. So that's a lot of fun and we have a good time with that. So not a whole lot of downtime, especially now, but those are some things that kind of keep me busy while I'm not at work. Well, I just, I want to take a moment just to thank you, Maureen, and you and your your whole team for the most incredible work that you're doing every day. During this time, you've not only had to be caregivers, but really also the loving family for our residents who just can't receive visitation. So from the bottom of my heart and from LCS as a whole, I really just want to extend my thanks and gratitude for everything that you and your team at Greenwood Village South are, are doing uh, for our residents. Thank you. So thank you again for joining me today, Maureen. You're welcome. Thank you for having me, Sandy. Thank you for joining us today on Healthcare Highwire. Please be sure to listen to our next Year of the Nurse Spotlight. Legal Disclaimer. Life Care Services LLC is not engaged in rendering legal advice. Therefore, any information provided in this podcast, although intended to be correct, is also not intended to replace or supersede the advice of your legal counsel. Also, thank you to Ben Sounds for the music provided in this podcast. Music